Welcome to the Canvas of the Soul podcast with your host, Anissa Patman. Enjoy the show. Hello, my listeners, and welcome to season two, the Canvas of the Soul podcast. This is your host, Anissa Patman, and I'm so excited about this season as we will begin our Embrace You series. Again, that's our Embrace You, the letter U series. And for this season, for this season, we will interview women and men on real life issues that impact our lives. I feel that it's very important that we have real people on the show that can discuss real issues that you may be experiencing and can help you get through it. Whether it's the good times, the bad times, we all can can benefit from listening to someone else. So today, my special guest is someone very dear to my heart, someone I love a lot. My cousin, I call her my sisters because we're more sisters than we are cousins, Tanya Davis from the one and only Houston, Texas. And welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. You are so welcome. And I appreciate you um, coming onto the show and uh, being willing to talk about different things that you've experienced uh, throughout your life. Um, and hopefully that what you will share will help others. So I appreciate you doing that. I know that can't be can't be easy. No problem. If I can do anything to help, I'll be more than like. So I just want to. I know that. I know that. I know you got married at a young age. I was in your wedding. I can't even remember what age you were. What age were you? I was twenty-two. Twenty-two years old, and you had. A beautiful wedding, and you were married for, was it 23 years? 23 years, yes, ma'am. Wow. And that was like directly, I mean, that was like a, a high school boyfriend that turned into marriage, and, and it lasted for, for a very long time. Yes, correct. And I'm, if you want to share with some of the listeners, I know that, you know, for 23 years, that's a long time. I'm not even at 23 years, and I'm older. <laughs> than you are and so I know there was some like ups and downs and what are there is there anything in particular that you would like to share like with the audience like just from that 23 um, year marriage I know that's a lot but to ask in kind of like a summary <laughs> okay well we pretty much started out as kids we practically grew up together uh, we went through some rough patches at first, um, us trying to find work and getting our own apartment and raising our son together and everything. And it, it just, it was rough at first, but, but you we, got learned through it. we learned to deal with it and we got in church and that's where our strength came from. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, and then that's pretty um, profound for someone to say, you know, when you were that young that you, that you, you know, that you got into the church and that, you know, would that helped you guys to sustain your marriage and it helped you get through those those tough times because I believe sometimes people when they go through the the rough patches, sometimes they they forget that God is there to help them or they can't see that. How did you guys manage to do that to just once you got into the church to know that? hey, we can do this as long as we keep our faith and our belief in God. Well, we had a strong foundation with my grandfather. He always still to us 
to always keep God first. And by having a son, um, my grandfather pretty much molded us. And he told us as long as we kept God first, that it would help us. And it really did. Uh, we got our first homes together um, wow. and everything. And I guess he, he finally got a job or what have you. And he worked at the prison for a while and everything was good. But it's like he got a job at the railroad. And it seems like that's when he started shying away from the Bible, from the word. We used to pray together at night and everything, and wow. it started ceasing pretty much. And the more money he made, it seemed like the more he strayed away. Wow. So he was, you guys were praying together every night. Um, yes. It's based in that foundation. And then as his, his career started to progress and he started to earn more money, it seemed like he, like you said, he started to shy away. How did that right. impact you emotionally? Um, it was devastating because at, at some point I started taking the kids and when we got into foster care, um, we had two kids of our own. Um, and it was like, I had to do it all on my own. I was taking them to church and everything to where he would find other things to do. He would leave and come back when he got ready to, it just seems like. He just gave it all up. He didn't want to be in it anymore, a committed relationship anymore. Wow. And I know that once you experienced all that, I think it was he's, he's the one that approached you and really wanted the marriage to end. Is that correct? That's correct. We start the, um, the last maybe four to five years we start, it started getting worse. We start struggling with communicating and everything. And like I say, he would leave and stay gone all night and everything. And it was stressing me out as well to mm. where I got, I got sick and I started having a lot of problems and he wasn't there for me to whereas my mother had to step in. Right. And eventually he served me with divorce. He didn't want to be in the marriage anymore. He had found somebody else, I, I guess, that he thought was better. And I know that had to be hard because I know you personally and you're a very strong person and you try really hard not to let anything get to you. And you, I think sometimes you try to mask those feelings and you just try to keep moving forward. But I know that was kind of devastating. And I know yes. that I know that you had asked him directly hey, I don't want this divorce, you know, do you want to work on this marriage? I mean, I think that was a conversation that you guys did have at one point, right? Right, we did. I offered counseling um, to go talk to the pastor or go to counseling somewhere, and he didn't want to do it. He said he don't have to pay anybody to tell him what to do. Gotcha. So. And how did that... I mean, at that point, once he kind of made that statement and didn't want to go to the counseling, didn't seem like he wanted to do anything to continue the marriage. How did that, how did that make you feel, you know, not only as uh, his wife, of course, but just even, you know, as a woman, how did that make you feel at that time? Well, I felt like I wasn't good enough that maybe it was something wrong with me or it was something that I did. So I would always try to make excuses for him until 
when he was when he served me with the divorce papers, you know, it started becoming reality to me. And I guess what really made it bad was when I was sick, he served me divorce papers. Wow. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't really take it. I, I got real sick. And um, that's when I knew that I had to step up and be strong and let him go because that's what he wanted to do. Wow. So at some point I had to pick my life up and move on. It was hard. Yeah. Um, and I, think... I didn't know how. Oh, go ahead. I didn't know how I was going. I didn't know how I was going to make it because I was with him my whole life. We grew up together pretty much, so I didn't know how to handle it. Right. And I can only imagine, and I'm sure people that are listening, some women probably have experienced that. And you touched on something I think is really important. You said that you know, as a woman, you start to feel like something is wrong with you, and it seems like every time when we're like in relationships, when things don't go you know well we always tend to blame ourselves or look at ourselves and see what's wrong with us right (laughs) all the time I mean I know you you probably you know because I've discussed it with you that you know when my husband had cheated on me how devastated that made me feel and I started to the same thing just start doing that self-examination of myself when in reality it's not us (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, not all the time. It's not us. It's 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 them, or it's a combination of of things, not just you know one person. But I think as women, we always sit back and do that self examination. What am I doing wrong? Am I not pretty enough anymore? And take, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. And it take a while to kind of to get out of that, to really get and out of know, that. And it and it's like. We have to learn how to be strong and build ourselves up. And I feel like us as women, I feel like we should get together and lift each other up. Amen. Because I agree. <laughs> what what really made me start, you know, feeling that and seeing that was my my youngest son, he had a field trip and I went on a field trip with him. And I met one of his classmates' mom, mm-hmm. and we rode together on the bus. We sit together, and somehow we got on the subject. She was going through a divorce, or she had gotten a divorce, or something. And she started telling me how she went through the same thing. And she told me that she started talking to people, and that's how she got strength. And I started doing it because at first I was so embarrassed. You know, I'm like, "Ooh, this man didn't want me. Don't ooh, everybody gonna laugh at me or whatever." Yeah, but. When I started talking to people and I found out that I wasn't the only woman that was being cheated on, it was so many and they had so many stories to tell. And that's how I got my strength because I started talking to people that did the same thing with me and it lifted me up. Right. I know it's it's funny how we, we think at the moment that it's just us and then we go through that whole self-analysis like we were saying, we don't feel like we're good enough or we're embarrassed or... You know, we just start to feel like we're alone in this boat when there's others out there that are experiencing it. And it doesn't mean that your feelings, what you're feeling is invalid, but at least I think it kind of gives you maybe like a little breathing room when you know that, hey, this person is going, has gone through it and they found a way to overcome and still be strong, right? At the end. Wow. Yeah. That's so, I mean, that's a, that is a a appropriate statement because I think that what you said, you hit it right, the nail on the head, you know, as our grandmother used to say, you know, 
we all we think or we feel that we are in this by ourselves because that's how it feels because you know you're in your world your world's turned upside down you know you're experiencing everything you're trying to figure out how are you going to make it how are you going to keep your family together how are you going to handle finances uh when there was two people and now there's one um and do you mind sharing i know you spoke about just listening to the other mom's story that was kind of similar to yours and how you you kind of gained some strength from hearing that. But are there some other things, too, that you did that kind of helped you to gain your self-confidence back and to, and to try to overcome what you were feeling with this whole divorce situation? Yeah, my grandmother and my mom, they always told me to be strong and not to give up. I just, I don't know, I worried so much. And I, I like I said, I just wanted to give up. I didn't want to make it seem like I didn't want to deal with anything anymore. And my mom and grandmother always said, you have those kids to live for. You can't wallow in your sorrow. You better pick yourself up and move on. And that's what I did day by day. You know, I would go take walks, long walks, and listen to my gospel music to help me with give me strength and everything. Um, wow. And like it just it eventually got better as time went on. It was hard, but yeah, I think. And you're so right, because uh, our grandmother, very strong woman, was a very yes. was a very strong woman, and I remember even just when I was going through uh, that with the cheating that. You know, it kind of take took the wind from underneath your sail. You know, you're just like, how am I gonna yes. get through this? But then, you know, you do start thinking about. I know, like in our case, what did our elders tell us to be strong and exactly right? Don't wallow in your self pity, and it's not easy. It's 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 really hard not to do that. But I think once we brush ourselves off and we get up, then we're like, okay, you know what? I've cried enough. You don't want me, but there's somebody else that will. But right now, I know that God loves me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward. And you just start doing those steps, and then after I think after a while, once you start doing all that, you you it's almost like you kind of wake up and like oh, I didn't want you either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You see them in a whole different light. Right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you start to think. <laughs> Cause you're so, because yes. we're, we're so in the moment and we're crying and we're trying to figure out how we're gonna, you know, do everything on our own. And in reality, when we leave it all to God, and you know, I know some people that listen to the podcast, maybe they don't believe in God. Whatever your faith is, I, you know, I just think that you should lean on that faith. For us, you know, Tanya can attest to that. It's it's God uh, that we believe yes. in. It helps us to get through. Uh, some of these hard, some of those difficult moments, those those difficult situations. And don't hold things in. You have to talk and let it out. That's the only way you're gonna feel better. You know that's so true because I'm very guilty of holding things in. I I allow what people do or say to impact me, and sometimes I won't say anything. I'll hold it all in, and then yes. until I can't hold it anymore. <laughs> And then sometimes you let you just let let it all out, and sometimes the person you're dishing it all out to doesn't deserve it. <laughs> right, you're right. Cause I'm the same way. <laughs> so you're right. That's not him. Right, and the one other thing I want to mention before we uh, 
take a little break. I know you mentioned that you had asked, you know, your former husband, hey, let's let's go to counseling. And I think sometimes there's a, um, in the black community, I think sometimes we fear or we don't believe in counseling or whether it's marriage counseling or any other type of individual counseling that we may need just to get, you know, to help us. Because sometimes you need that help. And I think sometimes it's important to talk to someone outside your family. To yes, get, I right? agree. To, to give you more of an objective opinion so, it yes. could, so they can really help you. Because I think especially when it comes to relationships, and I mean, I can attest to this, when somebody does something to your family, your family automatically just stops liking them. No matter how oh, much exactly. they like them, because <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that <laughs> with <Me too>. you. <laughs> so, I yeah, I think it's very important if you're experiencing. And these are two married people here on the phone. Tanya married was married for 23 years. For next week, it'll be 15 years for me. So, take it from us. Keep your family out of your relationship as much as you can. Yes. And, right, and then try to get get that counseling and encourage it uh, because you know 23 years 15 years even two years you're, it's not going to be a bed of roses every day and I think that people who get married and just think oh it's going to be Romeo and Juliet every day of the week uh, you're sadly mistaken <laughs> oh I agree 100%. right because we're human yeah, it has right go ahead Tanya it has to be give and take I mean right and communication, you have to keep that mind open. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Definitely. So we're going to pause for one moment, and then we're going to come back with Tanya. Welcome back, and thank you, Tanya. You still there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> All right. All right. So I know we, prior to the break, we talked about marriage. We talked about divorce. And you had mentioned what got you through both of those major events in your life was your, of course, our grandmother and your mom, my auntie. And I know not too long ago, you lost your mom. And then recently we just lost our grandmother. Can you, can you tell a little bit how the death of your mom impacted you? Because death is a, is a real issue. And some of us can cope with it. And some of us have a, a very difficult time with that. So can you just kind of talk a little bit about, about the death of your mom and how that has impacted your life? It was totally devastating. I never thought I would have to live without her. I know she was sickly. Right. But I just, and I, I just couldn't prepare myself to have to live without her. Right. And it, it's been hard. It's been really hard. And then... To top it off, while I'm still grieving for her, I lost our grandmother. Yes. And I'm and I'm back to the same depressed mode I was in when I lost my mom. So I have my good days. Some days I'm just crying. I want to cry. And some days I'm okay. I think about the good times. And yes. I realize that they're not suffering anymore. And they're together. So that kind of helps me have a little peace knowing that, but I miss them dearly. Yes, I would have to, I would have to agree with you. I mean, I had our other aunties, but 
your mom was always dear to me. Um, you know, just growing up, we were always like closer, real close. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's it's hard. I think uh, once I found out that our grandmother passed away, at first it didn't really hit me, but then just one Friday while I was working, I just broke down. I just I just kept boohooing. and I couldn't stop. And I, I I started thinking about just everyone. I was just thinking about our aunties are yeah. gone, our grandmothers. This is like our last living grandparent. You yeah. Know, you know, gone from the face of this earth, and those are the people that we that we uh, went to to seek out guidance and wisdom. And then, right. I, yeah. So I started thinking about all of them are gone. No more living grandparents. Then I started thinking about my brother, you know, who was shot and killed, and you know, my father, and then I know your father, and so it just all became so overwhelming. And I yes. try to keep, like you said, you shouldn't, but I try to keep those emotions in and for those that are listening don't do that you know talk yeah. to right talk to someone Tanya right and yes because it's so I mean death is it's a uh, people always say oh you'll get over you but don't allow others to discount how you're feeling you know some just like marriage with death you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days and right right that's right and I know that's been I know that's been difficult for you. So have you been doing any anything that you can recommend to others that have experienced the loss of a loved one uh, that you know that helps keep you together, um, you know, day by day? What are some of the things that you do? Um, I just look back on pictures that I have, and I think about the good times we've had. Oh yeah, and just realize that. You know, I, I do pray for strength every day. And I know that someday we all have to cross that path. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's humbling in a way. Yeah, definitely humbling. And I think you're right, too, that you, when you start thinking about the ones that you lost, you also start thinking about, well, this is going to happen to me one day, too, you know? <laughs> and it's like, are we prepared I um I recently attended a seminar that was just for women and what was what one of the speakers talked about they said you know are you living your life to its fullest potential you know how are you how will that how will the dash look in your life and what the dash is is that's that symbol that's on everyone's tombstone you have your date of birth then you have the dash in between and then you have your, the day that you die so that dash in between represents your journey in life. And what we all want to do is when we look back, what have we done? Did we live our life to the fullest potential? Did we enjoy life? Did we do what God wanted us to do? Did we try to walk in his light? So I think it's very important to think about that dash in your life. Yeah. Right? I, I agree. And another thing that kind of gets to me, it's like... I don't take anything for granted anymore. And that's why I always tell you and all my other cousins, my kids and everybody, um, tell you that I love you because tomorrow's not promised to us. So, so I try to let y'all know that I do love y'all. If y'all don't if I don't wake up tomorrow, you already know. Yeah, I love you too. You about to make me cry. 
<laughs> and that's so true because tomorrow isn't promised to us. Yeah. And so, love each other while we're here. Give me yes. give give me my flowers while I'm alive. That's so true. And for all of our listeners out there, you know, if you haven't done so in a while, make sure that you tell your children, your your spouses, your significant other partners that you love them and just let them know how much they mean to you. Because like Tanya just said, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And you want to make sure that they know that they were loved by you before you pass away or if, you know, if they pass away before you. So I think that's very important. Yes. Now I know we've covered your marriage, divorce, you know, the death of your mom or grandmother. Um, I think it's important for people to know because you've given us some different techniques to use, especially the praying every day and to not wallow in the self-pity. And I've seen you blossom from this whole experience. You've always been strong, strong and bossy. She is the bossy one, everyone. (laughs) She may be younger, but she is the bossy one. But she's always been a very strong individual. And I've seen her go from this marriage that she had for 22 years and then have that to dissolve to kind of go through this divorce, trying to improve her finances and, you know, thankful to God that she has gotten through all of that and you're and you're flourishing. I think you're doing a whole lot better. I think God has gotten you through it, even to the point where you feel like you're a little bit better as it even relates to your financial stability. Is that- oh yeah, it was it was rough. I had to go. I had to file bankruptcy. I went to, through a chapter thirteen um, because he was trying to take the house from me. Wow. So I did that. He tried to take my vehicle. He tried to take everything from me. He wanted to put us out. Wow. Me and fun, but I was able to get an attorney. My grandmother and mom they helped me pay for it, and I. I didn't have to stay in the bankruptcy for the whole seven years. I paid it off early. So my house is paid for. I had to pay him 17000 out of the house in his equity. I paid all that off. So now my house is mine. It's in my name alone. Uh, God blessed me with a new vehicle. God is um, good. I have a new friend that I'm dating. Yeah, we're going to um, talk about the new love next. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... It's getting better. It's it's a process, you know. It's slowly but surely, and I'm getting where I need to be. He's just showing me that he that I can make it without this man. That I don't need him to make it, and God has made me see that. I I I definitely agree, and I think that while you were going through that whole process, I think one of the things that I found that was um, I guess quite surprising was that. Here was a person that you cared for, you loved for 22 years, and then 23. 23, I'm sorry, 23. And then they they asked you for the divorce, but then trying to put you and their own kid out of the house so that they could have the house. And I just think that when you try to do those types of things to, to people, especially someone who hasn't done anything to you, who wanted to remain in the marriage wanted to work on it and all you could do was just show kind of like you know the the malice that was ever brooding in his heart don't know what the reasons were 
Oh, he drained both bank accounts and everything. I didn't have a dime to my name. Wow. Not two nickels to rub together. Wow. And I think it's important. And I'm so glad that you feel comfortable sharing this because there are a lot of women that are listening that this may have happened to where, you know, like you said, drain your bank accounts and you something. Sometimes when you think you know a person, you just don't, that doesn't even come to your mind when you're going through this stuff. You just don't think that that's something that they would do to yeah, you. And I would, and I don't want to get any any women in trouble, but I would just encourage you to, if you don't understand the finances in your relationship, to make sure that you understand it. And that if you have to have a, a individual account on your own, just to kind of stock things away. I personally don't see anything wrong with that. I don't know. if Do you, Tanya? No, I don't. I, I absolutely agree. Because me, I feel like I was so, I'm not going to say dumb, but I was just so naive because he was my all in all. I just, I never thought he would turn on me like that. So we shared everything. Well, at least I thought we did. Right, right. You know? And that's what happened with a lot of us. You know, we we let the man take control. Yep. And we're not bashing men. We're just saying, you know, we've experienced some 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 issues with with some men. <laughs> yes, exactly. We realize there's some okay. good men out there, right? Right. But, I agree. But I think that the, all the information that you're sharing is very helpful in the fact that it brings awareness that as women, we need to make sure that we can't control everything in a relationship. And I mean, no one can. But the things that you can control is to be more aware of your financial stability. And even if that means that you're going to save a little bit of money to the side, you know, on your own just for rainy yes. days. And some people will dispute that and say, oh, you're planning to get divorced. That's not true. You're just... My grandma's always taught me that you should better, it's best to plant and to be unprepared if you can. Oh, and that, I agree. Right? And I wish, I wish I could have been prepared. Right. And then if you, and even if you, if that man doesn't want to be with you anymore, the only thing that you should lose when you lose that relationship is that you may shed some tears. You know, you may lose some tears because yeah. you, because you care, but you 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 want to you have to look out for yourself. It doesn't mean that when you're in the marriage, you're not looking out for the entire relationship. But yeah. it's, it, I think it's just okay because I think sometimes we're just caught off guard. I mean, my my husband and I were fortunate to to work things out, but I was I was just devastated. And he would tell me he always tells me share it on your podcast so other women can learn. And because I was wrong, so. I'm sharing that and being vulnerable as well as Tanya is being vulnerable and telling her story and, you know, what's happened. But please listen to these tips and the, the what she's giving, the advice that she's providing to you and, you know, try to follow it as best as you can or, you know, use what works for you in your current circumstances. But and, go ahead, Tanya. And another thing I want to say um when you're in a relationship, just make sure you keep other people out of it. As yes. far as moms and family members, you know, don't get into detail, you know, about everything that you go through with your significant other because that could be detrimental to the relationship as well. Yes, yes. 
I, I, I agree. It's yeah. Some things that you have to keep to yourself and you have to realize as women and men, because we, I know we have some male listeners too, that, you know, when you discuss your relationship with your mom or any other family member, that that's going to cause additional problems to the, to your relationship. Because as soon yeah. as you tell them something negative, your family is not going to be as forgiving as you are. You may forgive your significant other and move on, but your family will always remember and sometimes throw it up, right, Tony, in your face. Exactly, yes. This is what they did. So you just want to be cautious of that. All right. So you've given us some good advice, and I don't want people to think that because they can tell from through your stories that, you went through a difficult time. You had to overcome some obstacles, um, not only, um, you know, mentally, but, you know, spiritually, financially, you had to go through a lot, but you are overcoming those obstacles with God's help. And with all this help that God has been providing to you, he's also brought you a new love into your life. So I know you don't want to give too much details about it, but can you just kind of let our women let the women know that's listening and the men hate to leave the men out um <laughs> that even though you may experience something negative with you know with one individual that if you keep being persistent and praying with God that he does find a way to bring someone else into your life that that deserves you um do you want to expand a little bit on that Tanya sure well I knew him for a while, my <laughs> new friend. Um, he was my son's football coach, and he was always quiet and to himself. He never approached me like some of the other coaches did. So once I went through my divorce and everything, my son told me to date him. He was like, the guy, he kept sending me messages. On uh, We met on the... Uh, Marco Polo, like a little social media thing, a video chat. And he kept talking to me. He kept asking me out. And I never would accept it because I was so scared to get with somebody again because, you know, I was still holding that hurt in from my ex-husband. So one day he told me, he said, well, this is my last time asking you out. He said, my third, third strike and I'm out. So I talked to my son about it. And he was like, mama, he's a good guy. Go out with him. And that's been three years ago. Um, (laughs) Next February, it'll be four years that we've been talking. He's a pretty good guy. He's he's not like anybody that I'm used to. He's nothing like my ex-husband. He's totally different. So we getting used to each other. This is our little honeymoon phase right now. You know, (laughs) of course, he, he has he has some ways too that I don't like, but we're working through it. And what I like is he's he's brutally he can be brutally un, honest sometimes, but I prefer that than a lot. I I totally agree. Yeah, so it will work in progress. And um, like I say, he's a good guy, and my kids like him. And I like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, the other thing too that I that I notice about him and that this is just through conversations uh, that you and I have sometimes that you'll just casually mention sometimes oh he's gonna he's doing this for me and I think I mean you don't even have to ask him to help he just volunteers to help you yeah 
And that's the part that I'm trying to get used to. You know, sometimes, you know, if you take that old baggage into a new relationship, it's hard for you to unpack, if you understand what I mean. Oh, yeah. So sometimes I kind of retract things because I'll start thinking, well, this man did that to me. Maybe he'll do it, you know, and you just got to get that out your mind and try to move forward and don't hold that against that person, this new person, what the old person did to you. That's so true. That is so yeah. true. Yeah. I think oh. you, I think you, um, again, you hit the nail on the head <laughs> yeah. about the old baggage. Cause I think sometimes that can prevent you. And I know you and I've had conversations where I'm like, don't allow what happened in the past to prevent something good happening to you in the future. And it is hard because it's all about trust. Yes. I think it's all, you know, it's all about trust. And it's, I think it's the same holds true. It's just even like when I decided to, to forgive my husband, and I think it was you and some other friends that said, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to forgive, then you've got to find a way to let it go. Exactly. So that, right. So you can move forward. Yes, because if you keep thinking about it, that means you haven't forgiven. Right, right. And so I think that's important for those that are listening, that if you are in a relationship, whether that's a romantic relationship or a friendship or whatever it may be, may even be just even with a, with a relative, you know, don't hold in that old baggage and allow old baggage or how someone else mistreated you in the past to um, throw you off track for your future. So I think, and all, go ahead, Tanya. And also, if something is bothering you about it, address it then. Don't hold, don't hold it in. You know, if you, if you suspect anything, go to that person and try to talk to them. Y'all get it out in the open, you know. Don't just hold it in because that's going to really eat away at you. Wow. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a, like I say, it's a lot of give and take. But you, and it, and you have to work on it. It's not it's not easy, and you right. have to communicate. You have to communicate. Which sometimes is so sometimes it's difficult for some reason, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But I think, like you said, if you address things up front, which I think that's a good point that I need to take away. If you address something up front, and don't yeah. hold it in, then at least you've allowed yourself to express how you're feeling, to express your opinion on whatever, exactly. right, on whatever, what that circumstance or situation may be. And hopefully that by communicating that, then both parties can, can really talk and sit down and discuss the issue. Doesn't always mean it's probably going to be like a kumbaya conversation, but, <laughs> to, yeah, right. but I agree with you. I think it's important that we, um, don't hold things in as it relates to, you know, relationships. And try to always have a date night or something, you know, go out and enjoy each other. Don't smother each other so much, but also you need to have, even if you have date night once a month or twice out of the month, you know, spend that quality time with each other. And, you know, sometimes just sit down and think, well, he likes this, so I'm going to go try this, or I'm going to do this. You know, something to please him. And he should do the same for you as well. Wow, you give me some good tips, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you're yeah, right. it's, you got to. Right, the, and I think, too, I think 
that helps keep the spark alive, right? Yeah, it does. To, and I, it's I agree with you. different. Right. Try the date night and... And like you said, don't smother, give each other space. Cause it's okay. Cause you're two people in a relationship and it's okay to recognize that you, you're still individuals. Of course. And you have differences, right? You know, you might like, so you might like love stories. He might like comedies, you know? Right. But just try to come a compromise and exactly. Right. Yeah. Or at least do something that the other person likes to do sometimes. And yes. I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm getting, I'm trying to get better at that because my husband, his way of relaxing is either playing PlayStation or watching <laughs> cartoons, specifically Family Guy and South Park. And no, no. <laughs> most of the times I don't find those two things to be really funny, but I, I'm trying to do better as to say, okay, I'm going to stop working now or whatever I'm doing. I'm going to go up there and watch. Family Guy or South Park. Exactly. Do that. And see, mine, he likes CNN, and that's the boringest thing it is. <laughs> I'll sit and watch it with him sometime, and I'll fall asleep. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, think, I think you're so right. I think the other thing, too, for us, um, as it relates to women, and the man should take note of this as well, too, I think that <laughs> you know, make sure that you stay, you keep yourself fixed up. Yes. You that's, know. that's a big key. Right. But make sure that you, and, but you have to enjoy the way that you look, you know, if somebody, if you feel like you're overweight or anything like that, but if the, if your significant other keeps saying, I like you the way you are, but if you're the one that keeps focusing on your own weight, then you need to do something about it because obviously, oh, I agree. 100%. right. Cause my husband tells me all the time. He's like, you look great. Mm. The older you get, the better you look. I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. But then sometimes I'll look in the mirror and go, oh, my God, what the heck is he looking at? <laughs> yeah, I'll be like that, too. But I try to keep myself fixed up. Now, I'm not going to lie. Some days I just want I throw on a baseball hat and keep it moving. But I think, like Tanya said, it's just to keep that spark alive, just to kind of make, you, make sure you fix yourself up, plan a date night at least once a month. That's right. And don't. Okay. Yep, and don't smother each other. Yeah. I think my husband and I we're really good at that because he likes to have his individual time. I like my individual time. Yeah. And then if we don't want to watch the same thing on TV, I'll go to watch another TV. <laughs> yep, that's how you do it. Right, but in the same house, so that's good. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Tanya is. Is there anything else that you want to summarize or to, to tell the listeners any last points that you want to get across to them? Um, just always keep God first in all you do and everything will be okay. Just pray and get harder, pray even harder. That's so true. Well, I really appreciate you being vulnerable with us and sharing your story. And I really hope that Tanya's story has helped some of you, my listeners out there and to use some of the information that she has provided to help get yourself up, pick yourself up, especially if you're wallowing in those self tears. And we realize when we say wallowing in your self tears that you're hurt. Somebody's probably broken your heart, damaged your heart, 
you know, broken that trust. And we, as women, we definitely understand that. We also have to realize that sometimes as women, we do that to men as well. So I don't like to leave those male listeners out, but just take some of the information that she has provided to you. And even if it's just baby steps, like she said, start off praying, keep praying, and then maybe come up with your action steps, you know, and even if you feel that that was the only man that you loved for whatever the time frame may be, or the only woman that you've ever loved, know that even though that love has gone, that God has someone else planned for you. But you've got to pick yourself up and you've got to stay strong. Stay strong. Would you agree, Tanya? I agree 100%. Well, I want to thank all of my listeners and thank you for listening to Canvas of the Soul. And again, we want to give a special thank you to Tanya Davis, my sister, my cousin. You're for... welcome. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Canvas of the Soul podcast. You can contact us at info at canvasthesoul.com. You may learn more about our podcast at canvasthesoul.com.